Locked On Podcast Network presents Locked On Sports Today. We have the first big litmus test in the NFC. Can the Niners press their advantage and beat the Cowboys this Sunday? Also, the Commanders had a golden opportunity to kick the Bears while they were down, and the Red River Showdown is back at center stage. I'm Peter Bukowski, starting your day with the can't-miss stories and biggest debates in sports. You're locked on sports today. Searching all major sports. Found. Let's start with the biggest story. No Deion Sanders, no Jerry Rice, Troy Aikman, Steve Young, but Cowboys Niners is the game of the weekend and still very much gives off 90s vibes. This is the battle right now. In the NFC, Brian Peacock from Locked On Niners joins me now. And Brian, this is a really, really terrific game on a weekend where there aren't very many terrific games. So <laughs> what, what to your mind is going to be the key matchup in this one? Look, Peter, I might go even further back than 1995. This is maybe 1981, mm. Joe Montana, D- Dwight Clark stuff. I mean, we might see the birth of a of a dynasty here with Brock Purdy, the way he's playing right now. It's unbelievable. And and even me, the cynic that I am, and I cover the 49ers, and I, I want to believe in Brock Purdy, but even my, I'm like, eh, well, well, let's see him play from behind. Let's see him do this. Let's see him do that. Oh, I was a small sample last year. Let's see him do it again here in 2023. He checks every single box every single time. And he doesn't have the biggest arm, and it's not the, you know, he, he doesn't have the Mahomesian and Josh Allen-like highlights but the dude knows where to go with the football, gets it out in timing, and is such a perfect fit for Kyle Shanahan's offense with all of the playmakers around him. Uh, it makes for a juggernaut offense, and we're calling him Brock 30 now because they, th- they put up 30 points a game, and uh, it's the best output we've seen in, in Kyle Shanahan's San Francisco 49ers on offense, and oh yeah, they still have a pretty good defense as well, and really neither the 49ers or the Cowboys have played a good opponent until this right. week, so I think this is a popcorn game it's prime time as it should be with the 49ers and the Cowboys. We've had multiple decades of great matchups with these teams. The Cowboys have been ousted twice in a row by the 49ers in the playoffs. You and your Packers know how that feels from the 49ers. And it's uh I'm sure it's the it's the it's the Dallas Cowboys Super Bowl of the regular season right now against the 49ers. I think we're going to learn a lot about both these teams. That was so uncalled for. Just so uncalled for. <laughs> Uh, the, the Brock Purdy noise that we've heard over the last few weeks, even going back to the end of last season, it seems like it it is not going away anytime soon to the point that Cal Shanahan had to address it directly, uh, over the last week in comments, questions from reporters. It, 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 am I crazy? Or is this going to be like a Jimmy G thing where everyone is just like, yes, the media wants to get rid of Jimmy G. They're going, Oh no, it's Shanahan, Shanahan. And it seems like the locker room just rallies around this guy and says, you know what? This is our guy. There's no one I'd rather go to war with. Yeah, Jimmy G, or as we used to call him on the podcast, Jimmy W. And it's sort of a tongue-in-cheek thing. And all all the 49ers did when Jimmy Garoppolo played was win. And and Kyle Shanahan's obviously a really good offensive mind and a a really good coach. Um, And he's really good at finding other coaches around him. They're a well-coached football team. And they're going to be good if they get quality quarterback play. But Brock Purdy's playing at a level that's above that. It's, it's it's something there's some special qualities there it might not be arm strength it might not be highlight worthy special but there's something special going on with Brock Purdy and um the addition of of 
Christian McCaffrey to go with the weapons they already had and all the run after the catch they have and and Brandon Ayuk taking another step every year. He went from Kyle Shanahan's dog. We've heard it, the doghouse to the penthouse is, is kind of what's going on with uh, with 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 Brandon Ayuk right now. It's really an amazing team, and I don't think the defense has been playing on all cylinders yet so far this year. You know, kind of learning phase with with Steve Wilkes, the new defensive coordinator, and Nick Bosa hasn't lit up the the stat book, even though he's he leads PFF grade for the 49ers defense. And uh, it, it's it's a fun team. It's a it's two fun teams. And it's a fun matchup, and it's funny. I love the answer from Kyle Shanahan that you're referencing. He says, "Watch the tape," and it, it's all out there for you. If it, I know, I know some people don't want to believe, but if you just watch it and you allow yourself to believe, you will become a believer in Brock Purdy. Stay up to date all year on the 49ers by subscribing to Locked On Sports today and Locked On 49ers on your favorite podcast app and on YouTube. Thanks for making Locked On Sports today your first listen. Coming up. The Commanders had a golden opportunity for a win. Before we get to that, the NCAA continues to look silly. What else is new? Snap into action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers can bet $5 and get $200 back in bonus bets guaranteed. Now is the best time to join FanDuel. The app is easy to use and you can bet on everything from spreads to player props and more. Looking at the division series odds for the Major League Baseball playoffs, there are some interesting ones. The team with the longest odd to win the series, Diamondbacks, plus 160 over the Dodgers. It's not very long at all. Meanwhile, the Rangers and Orioles are almost even. I'm actually intrigued with this Diamondbacks series line. They've got a good matchup with the Dodgers, plus 160. Let's do this. You can also combine bets within the same game to make even more money. Same game parlays, a great way to enjoy any game. So go get your $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. Visit FanDuel.com slash NFL and kick off the NFL season with an offer you won't want to miss. FanDuel, official partner the NFL. Now, here's what you need to be locked on today. The NCAA can't seem to get it figured out with North Carolina wide receiver Tex Walker. After having previously ruled Walker ineligible just before the season began, the NCAA is now reinstating him. They're getting their money's worth in jabs at UNC, though. The NCAA said in its statement, it is unfortunate that UNC failed to provide this important information previously. While we must be careful not to compromise a student-athlete's right to privacy when it comes to sensitive issues, we want to assure the Division I membership and everyone watching how the new transfer rules are applied, that that this meets the new transfer waiver standards. The initial decision to bar Walker from playing was controversial as Walker chose to transfer from Kent State to UNC to be closer to his ailing grandmother. Former Northwestern coach Pat Fitzgerald filed a wrongful termination lawsuit Thursday against the university and President Michael Schill. Fitzgerald is seeking in excess of $130 million for lost earnings as well as reputational and punitive damages. Fitzgerald alleges Northwestern unlawfully fired him for cause July 10th, three days after announcing a two-week suspension as part of corrective measures from a university commission hazing investigation into the football program. Northwestern's investigation, led by attorney Maggie Hickey, found that while claims of hazing from a former player were largely corroborated, there was not sufficient evidence Fitzgerald and other coaches and staff had knowledge of the incident. Philadelphia 76ers star Joel Embiid has committed to play for Team USA at the 2024 Paris Olympics. The reigning MVP informed Team USA Executive Director Grant Hill of this decision Thursday morning. According to a report, there were just days after the two quietly met for close to an hour in Fort Collins, Colorado, where the Sixers are holding training camp. Embiid, who was born in Cameroon and holds both French and American citizenship, 
has been at the center of an intense recruiting battle over which country he will represent at the Olympics. NBA told reporters Monday at Media Day he was generally torn between the three options. The transfer portal in the Olympics. And Max Scherzer had a pain-free bullpen session for the Rangers on Wednesday. The Rangers won their American League series against the Tampa Bay Rays without the 39-year-old ace sweeping the best of three set. Scherzer has not pitched in a game since straining a muscle in his right shoulder on September 12th. Scherzer spoke with the Dallas Morning News on Wednesday and said last week was a light bullpen. This one was for real. I was able to step on him more and it was pain-free. Progress, of course, encouraging, but it remains a long shot for Scherzer to return even for the division series. Here is another story you need to know. Last week, Justin Fields had probably his best game as a pro, but the Bears lost. Uh, this week, Justin Fields built on that performance through four touchdown passes, and this time the Bears romped in Washington a 40-20 to win on Thursday night football. Lauren Cox from Locked on Bears joins me now. And Lauren, this was not just the Justin Fields show. It was the DJ Moore show. He had the hat trick in this game. One of the greatest statistical Bears receiving performances we have ever seen. What has changed over the last two games for this Bears offense? It's certainly a low bar for greatest wide receiver performance in Chicago Bears. <laughs> yes. but no, I mean, it's sometimes it's as simple as putting DJ Moore earlier in the progression and putting plays where DJ Moore is the primary receiver earlier in the game as well to get him going. And sometimes it's playing a Washington secondary that's a little younger and struggling a little bit and benched one of the cornerbacks that DJ Moore was beating during the game. Like it's kind of a combination of all of the above. I mean, one of the frustrating things that we've seen this season is a lack of a lack of emphasis of DJ Moore in this offense. Like there were plays where you saw DJ Moore running the rub route for other receivers. Like DJ Moore is kind of the decoy in the play to free somebody else open. But now that it's like, no, no the primary read more double moves in this play in this game because fields had more time in this game. Cause the offensive line was playing better. Like it, it is collectively 11 guys and a coordinator doing a better job, but also I think putting DJ Moore in more of those positions to be successful as well. And fields also making some nice throws too. Does this need to be more, is there, is there a lot more you want to see here, more growth, or is it just maintain sort of what we've seen here? Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's maintain this, but against higher quality opponents. I mean, mm, sure. we've now seen the commanders give up 30 points. This is the fourth straight game. And mm. I'll be before it was against, you know, the Eagles and the Bills. And then before that, it was the Broncos. But like for a while, commanders fans were kind of sitting here going, okay, have they just been playing some really good offenses or do we have really serious concerns about this defense? And I think when the Bears- And then we in, saw Denver's defense last week get 70 hung on it. Yes. And so Justin Fields has two great games here have been Broncos and Commanders, two defenses that have been struggling greatly. And that's, you still have to do it, right? That's not to discredit what Fields has done. Like not every quarterback is putting up four touchdowns against these defenses. Not every quarterback is having the kind of success that he's had, even against these bad defenses. He deserves credit for doing it. But for us to like get to this conversation of maybe Fields could still be the long-term quarterback, you got to start doing it against actually good opponents here. If the Bears are going to have the number one pick and maybe the opportunity to draft a quarterback this year, maybe a new coaching staff, like Justin Fields will have to prove beyond a reasonable doubt that he's the guy. And to do that, you got to do it against teams that aren't the Broncos and the commanders, but not to take away from him, at least doing it against those teams. Cause we weren't seeing that in the past either. You mentioned this coaching staff. There's been some rumblings about Matt Eberflus and his future uh, with this organization. But if you're going to criticize Luke Getze and you're going to have to call press conferences to say, I didn't throw him under the bus. If you're Justin Fields and that quarterback, um, 
then give him some credit in this game because yes, Justin Fields made some terrific throws. The second touchdown to DJ Moore was an absolute dime. He also threw to a couple of wide open receivers for big plays. The first DJ Moore touchdown. It's a great design. It's a great read. They got exactly the coverage that they were looking for. What did you think schematically they were able to do in this one? Yeah, I, we're, we're seeing Luke Getzey and Justin Fields like settle back into the confidence that they were building last season. And I think that's really where the frustration has been with Getzey, right? It's like, okay, now we're getting to a point where we're running more play action. We're moving the pocket more. We're, we're getting more designed quarterback runs. We're getting Fields into a rhythm and we're getting him confident. And sometimes and he's that quarterback that almost needs to get hit once and kind of, all right, like then he's dialed in when, once he kind of gets that hard hit where it's like, all right, now he's ready to go and be confident and deliver. And if you get that confidence going early, it really settles for the rest of the game. And I think the early season frustration from Luke Getzey felt like you know, they had gotten back to things that weren't working last year. And then last year they changed the offense and it started working again. And this year they reverted back to what wasn't working. Now it seems like they're back to what's working again. And the frustration was like, you knew what was supposed to work and you weren't getting to that. Now it feels like, again, the Bears are getting back into that style of offense that was putting up a bunch of points last season. And I think the underrated storyline from this game against the Commanders was improvement from the Bears defense and being a lot yeah. more aggressive in blitzing and pressuring Sam Howell too to make sure that this, this Commanders offense wasn't comfortable. Stay up to date on the Chicago Bears by subscribing to Locked On Sports today and Locked On Bears on your favorite podcast app and on YouTube. Coming up, the Red River Showdown is this weekend and it promises to be a good one. Texas looks like a juggernaut. Oklahoma looks unstoppable. One of them will lose this Saturday. Locked on Longhorns host Jonathan Davis joins Locked on Sooners host John Williams and Josh Helmer to discuss the game. Yeah, my favorite questions to ask, the million-dollar questions, the, the questions that the fans are waiting for, who wins, who covers. Right now, FanDuel has it as Texas minus six and a half. I say Texas wins, Texas covers. This defense has not given up more than 24 points all year. I'm not going to disrespect them and say they're going to do it for the first time this Saturday. I actually have the exact same Alabama-Texas score, 34-24, right? I think it kind of goes the same way, maybe minus the turnovers. I don't see Dylan Gabriel throwing two interceptions. I think Texas takes the lead. I think Oklahoma keeps it close, even takes the lead at some point. And then I think in the third or fourth quarter, uh, Texas kind of takes off. But it's a close game all throughout. Texas ends up winning by 10 points in this edition of the Red River Shootout. Once again, 34 to 24 to move to 6-0. and And once again, keep controlling their own destiny in route to hopefully a Big 12 championship and a college football playoff appearance. Fork in the road game for Brent Venables with the fan base. Uh, that's the best way I describe it. It's, you know, you win this one and everybody's completely bought in. I don't think that there's a lot of fracturing yet with OU, but you lose it again. And if you lose it convincingly, okay, well then, you know, there's two paths I think the fan base can take on Brent Venables pretty quickly. So that's definitely at stake for OU. I'm going to take Texas. I, I think Texas is winning the game. I just think they're a little bit better than Oklahoma. I do expect the Sooners to be competitive. Uh, I expect uh, both defenses to get some stops here and there. I'm going to say 30-27. I'm going to take the, the Longhorns by a field goal. I think it's a great game, but uh, I'm, I'm just a little bit worried about Oklahoma's inability to run the football as effectively as I think Texas is going to on a more consistent basis, be able to run the football. And I got to see these Oklahoma defensive backs. I love what I've seen so far, but I'm a, Hey, show me, I'm a prove it kind of guy. And I need to see Oklahoma's defensive backs go shut down worthy, go shut down Mitchell and Sanders and others. I, I got to see that happen this week. So I'm going to, I'm going to take Texas for now, 30 to 27. I think it's going to be a great game for the fans, 
outside of, you know, obviously if you're, you're looking for the win as Sooner fans, you're not going to be happy to see a loss. But just a viewing perspective, I think it's going to be an exciting game for, for neutral parties. Yeah, if you're as a casual observer, like uh, one Greg Sankey is going to be this weekend, maybe not so casual, but a, a vested observer, but not really rooting for either team, you're going to love what you see on Saturday because I think it's going to be a phenomenal game. I think it's going to be a close game. I do think Oklahoma wins this. I've been predicting Oklahoma for months. I'm sticking by that prediction, but I think it's going to be a close one. 31 to 30, the Sooners get it. Uh, it's like I said, it's going to come down to either a last second touchdown or field goal, something late. And Oklahoma's defense is going to have to make a stop to win this game. And I think that's where the difference lies for the Sooners this year versus last year. You talked about Texas hasn't given up more than 24 points in a game. Oklahoma hasn't given up more than 20 points in a game this season. So again, we haven't played Alabama, but <laughs> They're doing really good stuff on the defensive side of the football. And I think I think all the guys that were a part of this game last year, they're going to come in locked in, focused, in the zone, and ready to compete with a really, really good Texas team and show that what happened a year ago was an aberration and not at all representative of what Oklahoma football looks like. It's the greatest rivalry in the history of college football. It's fun to see both of these teams. I, Jonathan, just being transparent with you, I don't root for Texas to come into this game undefeated every year, but since that's what we've got this season, it makes it, it makes it fun. It's the first time since 2011 that's been the case. So the greatest spectacle to me in sports is back in full force this weekend. Uh, Mr. Sankey, you're welcome. Uh, welcome to the party. It should be fun for all involved. Unfortunately, a little bit of the luster is lost here with what we know about the future of these two teams. Sure, the Red River rivalry will theoretically remain, but not as it was for decades, not in the Big 12. It's just going to feel different. And that fact, the looming future of these teams, is going to hang over this game. It's going to hang over really every game these two teams play until they actually leave for the SEC. This is really fun. I hope we get a great game. I bet we will get a classic. But there will be a but. And finally, trashed two months ago by Denver Broncos head coach Sean Payton, New York Jets offensive coordinator Nathaniel Hackett finally gets his chance for revenge on Sunday. If you believe Hackett, it's not even on his mind. Hackett's players do not agree. Jets center Connor McGovern said, to go to a place that was dogging a guy that's so nice and so good at his job and for him to get thrown under the bus and dragged through the mud, you definitely want to play that much harder. Might give the Jets plus two spread over at FanDuel another look. Thanks for making Locked On Sports today your first listen. Now go find your favorite team's Locked On podcast and make them your second listen. Coming up on the next Locked On Sports today, who will get a head start in the divisional round of the Major League Baseball playoffs? So at least until tomorrow, stay Locked On Sports today.